Media Day at Circa Resort and Casino on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on, Mountain West Conference Media Days, and the uh, Unoli folks are here. Eric Harper is in the house, the athletic director. You still have not gone on your vacation yet, have you? <laughs> I went on a, a very brief one with my uh, my wife and kids. We're going to get another one here before it all over, all said and done for the summer. Yeah, you got to do it. I mean, it, you know, it is crazy now. You know, you you played the game. You worked in admin. You're an athletic director. There's no time off now. Well, especially for you because you're overseeing all the sports. But football, football is now basically a what I don't know a ten and three quarter, uh, you know, month. You, you really have no time off. I mean, I was talking off the air to Barry Odom earlier, and he's like, he's like, June has gotten crazy. June, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if you look at it, you know, you figure the season ends November, mid, mid mid December in some cases, late December. But then you start right back up with school and workouts again uh, in January. Get through. Uh, through May and guys are gone for about two two and a half weeks and they're back at it again give them a week during July and they're back at it again after that and then uh, next thing you know August is here so you were busy in the offseason we'll get to football but you made a new new hire coaching hire in the last two weeks right Yes, we, uh, we hired uh, Andy Jackson uh, as our new men's tennis coach. Uh, he's coached uh, previously at Mississippi State, Florida, as well as Arkansas. So there's a little connectivity with, uh, with Barry yeah. uh, and Coach Jackson. Uh, he's been successful at all three stops. Uh, interestingly, uh, we got many, many uh, unsolicited comments and feedback on Coach Jackson from everybody that he's coached against. Really? You know, so very, unsolicited. very people were just calling. Really, people just calling, and after we hired him, they said it's a great hire. And one particular uh, individual emailed and said, uh, "Get a bigger trophy case because uh, really? you're going to need it." What was the initial connect with him? You mentioned Arkansas, but what else? Uh, just the fact that he, when you when you look at his resume and he had applied, uh, you look at his resume and you, you see the success, uh, and you see when you talk to him, you see the energy level that he has up, uh, with recruiting. His connectivity and being in the SEC uh, with the, the game of tennis, which is very strong in the SEC. What's the goal for the tennis program? What do, what do you want to see? Uh, we need to be, we need to win the conference, and we need to get into the NCAA's. Uh, we have a very good Vicky and Frank Fertitta tennis complex. It's really really good. We have a brand new scoreboard out there that's about three years old. Uh, we've resurfaced the courts within the last couple of years. Uh, Kevin Corey has done a great job on the women's side, so I think it's important that we uh, we do we do well and, and pay pay respect to the facility that we have. Eric Harper's with us here on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. Football starts up on September second. Uh, season tickets are available. Uh, I think uh, single seats are as low as 150 bucks, upwards of 500. Um, Go to UNLVTickets.com. First of all, talk about some of the initiatives and ideas you had in the offseason to make it a little more affordable to get more people in the building. Yeah, we want, we want to always try to be the most affordable uh, in Las Vegas, as, as busy as this market is as it relates to sports, which is awesome. Love it. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, a family of four, a family of six, uh, whatever it is, that they can legitimately and affordably come to the game and enjoy it and not be overly worried about what's going on. You know, and the three packs that we have, uh, the other uh, incentives that we'll have for people to come to games is just giving them an opportunity to to enjoy the Rebels uh, at Allegiant Stadium, a $2 billion stadium that is absolutely uh, none better uh, in the country. UNLVTickets.com, and if you buy before August 1st, uh, you get a branded uh, Yeti, uh, the cup with a UNLV logo on there, so that's a nice little bonus. Again, UNLVTickets.com. 
I'll throw this at fans who are listening as well. If you want to see UNLV athletics do well across the board, football is the driving engine. You got to get people in the building, got to get some money from that. I know you guys had a healthy year last year from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. but it can be better. Yeah, it can always be better, uh, you know, and it can always be worse, you know, at the same time. You got to make sure that you're, you're doing all the things that are, that are in the right spot. Uh, to anytime you're supporting football, you're really supporting all of our other sports. You're supporting basketball, supporting all of our other sports. I just met with Lindy LaRock yesterday for, for about an hour and, and what she wants to do with her team moving forward. Uh, we're going to play the University of Arizona uh, at a game on a game, uh, I think it's December 2nd, in the Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, so that's a, that's a big game for Lindy. Obviously, we played him a couple years ago in the NCAA tournament. But I think uh, with women's basketball and then our new coach in volleyball, Malia Shoji, uh, you know, four sports that can generate some revenue, and we're excited about all four. The school and this market can actually be a leader in furthering progress with women's sports because the aces are tremendous. I know there's a you know there's a bond between the aces and Lindy LaRock and the program. You mentioned volleyball. There's a chance to do some pretty big things. Absolutely, there's a chance to do some pretty big big things, and uh, our you talk about our connectivity with the aces, which is also which is absolutely phenomenal. We've what uh, what they done winning the world championship? I actually had a chance to to uh, talk with uh, Darren Waller uh, last night as well. He was at a we were both on a panel last night for uh, Stephen Curry underrepresented golf event that's out at Paiute, and I was with Darren Waller last night on the panel and uh, just you know gonna miss him in, in a Raiders uniform, but definitely understand the, the business. Uh, but obviously his wife is still here uh, representing the Aces. Eric Harper's with us, AD at UNLV. All right. So fans look at all this noise and all this stuff going on with conference realignment, and they want they have questions, and they're like, "Hey, why is it so quiet over UNLV? You want to explain to them why it's quiet or why you're doing things a certain way?" No, it, it's important that you, as as I've said, in my initial press conference. If we're not taking care of home, it doesn't matter what the other people are doing. Uh, we have to take care of ourselves, and, and we can't control any of that out there, the narratives of any of that. But we, what we can do is do our due diligence, uh, control our attitude and our effort and uh, how we represent UNLV athletics and how we represent UNLV as a whole, but also how we connect in the city of Las Vegas. And we let those chips fall where they may. We are in a very strong conference in the Mountain West. We, we love the Mountain West, um, but we want to do what the, what's best for UNLV when it's all said and done. There's also cautionary tales. You don't want to put the cart before the horse, which brings me to when decisions were being made over the last week or so, did you, did President Whitfield, want San Diego State back in the conference? Well, San Diego State is good for the conference. Uh, Obviously, with their run to the NCAA championship a year ago in basketball, uh, or this past year in basketball, and then what they do, what they've done in football, uh, they're good for the conference. And the market of San Diego is really good for, for the Mount West, so... We're excited about uh, moving forward. Take us behind the curtain. When something like this happens, right? I don't know how much you guys all deal with each other, you know, presidents and ADs. I assume it's a lot. Uh, you can correct me on that. But when you have a case like San Diego State, they're out, they're in, they're out, you know, and it's happened multiple times. How do you, how do you all work together and, and not have hurt feelings, not have bitterness, uh, egos get involved? Like, that's that's a really interesting working environment. It, it, it is. <laughs> you know, obviously, I wasn't around when, when it happened the last time. I am yeah. this time. But, but at the end of the day, uh, we're all trying to do our best uh, from a conference revenue distribution perspective to do the best on our campuses on the national scene so that we can generate more money for the conference. And however that happens, uh, that we can, you know, if, with our revenue distribution model to be able to provide the revenue to each school that, that they've earned, 
then it's it's great. But if we don't have enough of teams within our conference to be able to do that, then that, that revenue goes down. Eric Harper's with us. AD at UNLV. All right, let's get back to football. UNLVtickets.com, season tickets, uh, single tickets will be available. Are they available already? Yes. Okay, so they're available as well. Opener is September 2nd against Bryant. Then you go to Michigan. Then you're coming back. you got a Vandy game, so SEC team is in town. And then a really good, competitive Mountain West Conference schedule. So we haven't seen Barry Odom coach a game. But as a boss, I'm sure there's some things, because the offseason is important, there are some things you can see where you're like, okay, this is working so far or it's not. What do you like about Barry Odom so far in you know the offseason and kind of you know working his way into the program? You know, primarily what I like the most is how he's connected with the high school coaches. Uh, how he's how he's been to his staff has been to all thirty six schools in in the valley. Here, uh, he went to sixteen schools in his first four four days uh, on the job. Uh, thereabouts, first four days on the job. His connectivity and his willingness to be in the community is what what I've, I've loved the most about him thus far. But at the same time, his level of communication to me on some things uh, small, some things large. But he's been very, very communicative on what he needs and what he feels like is going to be important to his program. And understanding how, uh, how we as a department, as a university, want to engage all of our sports in the same way. You could have some people look at program building and go, you know what, what does it matter? What does it matter if you get local players? Why is it important? Why why can't you just build California, Arizona, and Texas? Why do you have Why do you have to have local players? I think it's very important to have local players because if you look at it, I, I go back to you know uh, God rest his soul and Tim Chambers when he was coaching baseball here at UNLV. He had several young men from the city of Las Vegas on his baseball team, but you figure you know that helps your crowd absolutely automatically helps your crowd because if you figure they got you know two parents, two two siblings, two cousins, two. Essence Booker uh, from UNLV played Lady Rebels. Evidence of, of her. Her, our crowd was really good with Essence and 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 Desi and 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 Justice Etheridge. Uh, it just helps your crowd, but it also shows that your institution is truly born and bred UNLV, born and bred Las Vegas. It's for the market. Um, I think it helps attendance. Uh, there's also, I, I've always felt, and this is no dig on the, the professional major league teams that are coming out of town, you know, people love the Vegas Golden Knights, but mm-hmm. there's, it's a local team, but it's not local born and bred athletes. And I've always felt like with, with the school, there's a connection. And now you got a basketball team that's got, you know, bounce backs coming back in Jalen Hill. Mm-hmm. You want to root for him, right? He's, he's a local guy. Yeah, I mean, DJ absolutely. Thomas, especially because he's a legacy kid, his dad played. So I think there's, there's a lot of good tie in there. Uh, and so far, you know, I know you can't speak specifically to commits, but in the 2024 class, I think there's at least four commits there, so that, that's a great thing and then that you know it's funny Caleb Herring uh, we do a podcast uh, every week the UNLV All Access podcast and Caleb mentioned something about you know for the first time and how he gauges uh, UNLV interest sometimes is just listening to the sports talk at the barbershop and he mm-hmm. said for the first time in a long time they were talking about a commit and they're like hey you know they're really fired up about it and it's kind of that grassroots stuff I think that yeah. leads to more enthusiasm yeah absolutely it does lead to more enthusiasm I, I mean I, I, I look back at at what Barry has done in getting the, the, the commits here. And I was just at lunch just, uh, two days ago with a guy, and he was talking about it. And, and he is an, uh, an alum, but at the same time, that was more of our conversation was about the number of kids that we've had both on, on, in basketball, both men's and women's basketball, as well as football, about the number of kids that we're getting to stay. I was playing uh, golf last month, which I could rarely get to do, but there was a, a, a gentleman I was playing with, 
his brother is involved in recruiting and scouting uh, throughout the country. And people call him and, and, and ask for advice on where they should go to school and so forth. He said in the last year, he's had, I should say in the last five months, he's had more questions about coming to UNLV than he has had in the last seven years. So that, that says a lot about what is going on and the brand of UNLV as well, getting into the eyes and ears uh, of these prospect, prospective student-athletes. We, um, we talked to Brent Brennan a little while ago from San Jose State, and they've got their whole new athletic building on one side of the stadium, and he was just raving, like, you know, talking about what they've had in the past. You know, they don't, not even a meeting room. Um, the facilities are very good with the FFC. Something that, that seems small to everyone else, how big is just getting some new turf on the practice field? Absolutely phenomenally right? amazing to be able to get that done. And, and the, the lights and the brightness of the players that have seen it and have now started to work out on the first field is, is phenomenal. And uh, just if nothing else, the guys uh, can walk out there and, and, and feel the bounce and feel comfortable uh, knowing that they have brand new turf, and it also shows once again our commitment to our student athletes, and we're going to commit to all of our we're committed to all of our student athletes. But that's that's one of phase one. We're going to do some turf over at baseball and softball coming up soon, and we're going to also resod soccer, uh, both men's and women's soccer, uh, and the game field as well, uh, sometime in the next uh, six to eighteen months. Good deal. Enjoy your vacation. It's, it's, it's going to be short because uh, we're looking, what, August 4th and 5th is when football's in, and then they get on the field. I know the media will be out there, so I'm looking forward to it. This, this is the beginning of football season. This is the beginning of football season, Mount West Media Day. Really excited about being down here uh, at Circa. Circa's done a great job for the Mount West in, in this setup, and uh, hats off to Circa for uh, hosting the Mount West. Good job there by Eric Harper. We'll have that interview posted up, audio and video, up on social media in just a little bit. You can always find the archives of the show straight up at lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, shortly after the show, Damon has been doing a great job with that. It's uh, Damon back in studio, Cofield and JVT. we got to go back on a tweet we got yesterday just to build on it a little bit. In a couple of minutes, though, uh, like I said, we just talked to Eric Harper. A couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Brent Brennan. Um, I like Coach Brennan from San Jose State. It is becoming a rivalry between the Spartans and UNLV. It will be the final game of the season, which if UNLV has the kind of season it wants to have, then bowl eligibility should be clinched by then, or that may be the game to be mm-hmm. bowl eligible. That's got to be the goal. You went 5-7 and seven a year ago. You made the change. Got to step up significantly. That might not mean that it's you know eight wins, right? That would be a high-water mark at times for this program. Uh, but that's going to be an important game, really important game. And like I said, it's a, it's a good rivalry. And also, keep in mind, he's really good buddies with Marcus Arroyo. So we, uh, we talked to Coach Brennan a little while ago, so I was asking about Arroyo and what he's doing because he's kind of, you know, with the UNLV community, he's kind of fallen off uh, a bit. Can't, 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 can't really find him. He's not, I don't think he's sending out updates. So um, we, got a, we had a conversation yesterday. We actually talked to Barry Odom about this, and he was really good on it, about – coaches and relationship with media and every once in a while they'll have you know kind of we'll call them mixers right or what just to have the whole media in an event like this they do that right get to sit down round table well marvin menzies had a really good idea a few years back or maybe it wasn't after he did it he's probably like why did i do that he had a, a barbecue or a cookout for a bunch of media people and i didn't go you didn't go uh but chris chapman over on fox sports las vegas went now chris used to work a lot for espn las vegas 
But Chris remembered the menu. No shocker on that one. He mentioned that uh, Menzi's wife had made uh, asabuco and there were some, like, frog legs or something, frog bites. And you went into a freaking tizzy. It's ridiculous. So Damon, I guess, was thinking about this a little bit after the show and then sends over the question. And, Damon, I kind of I streamlined this a little bit. We're going we're gonna to keep this to current coaches. And I also expanded a little bit on the Raiders staff. Current head coaches of most of the teams in the market. And you were asking, now, who would you want the cookout invite from? Did you have someone in mind? I didn't have anyone in mind when I approached the question. But after hearing Coach Odom, I think he might have the best food. I, I mean, he was very confident. Yeah. He came out swinging. He takes his barbecue very seriously. But when it comes to the cloud and maybe who else would be there, mm, maybe a Becky Hammond, like if, like if some other like you know players in NBA, I don't know about that. M- yeah. NBA people were there. I don't know because I'm trying to think. Like Becky Hammond, me, Becky Hammond might you know, I don't know. She might get after you, make you eat some vegetables. She she might be <laughs> so a cold. That, I mean, that's the mix. Is not only do you want some good food, but you also want to maybe be able to let loose, right? So I I gave these are the choices I gave: uh, Kevin Kruger, Bruce Cassidy. Becky Hammond, Lindy LaRock, uh, the Aviators manager, uh, Fran Reardon. I went three deep on the Raiders. NFL is the biggest thing in town, the biggest thing in the United States. Um, McDaniels, OC Mick Lombardi, DC Patrick Graham, and then we had Odom there as well. Yes. So does that float your boat a little bit differently? Like, you know, you did Raiders uh, Raider Nation Radio for a long time. You're out covering the Raiders. Would you pick uh, Josh over Barry Odom? Yeah, because you guys are thinking about it differently. You guys are thinking about it, oh, the spread, you know, how much fun are you going to have there? I'm thinking about it from the clout. Is Tom Brady going to be there, and do I get a picture with Brady? That's a good idea. A picture. You know, just be like, yo, me and Tom hanging out, maybe a candid, giving my phone to someone, like, yo, take a picture of me and Tom real quick. I didn't even think about who the guest could be if it's not just media. I mean, here's See, the thing, I, though. Would Josh, would Josh McDaniels do that to Tom Brady? But no, here's Part the thing. owner, Tom I wanna, Brady. I want to install Oh, would, Actually, would Brady say, I want to be there? In, mm-hmm. fact, in fact, I'm going to be there. Hold on, hold on. We're getting out of hand. And here. I'm bringing Kim Kardashian. <laughs> we're, we're getting out of hand. I need to install some parameters here really quickly. You have to view this as a media gathering. It's, so it's it's all media. Right. It it's is all media same, and then the family. It's the same concept as okay. what Marvin Menzies did, inviting the media over to ingratiate himself with them and to connect and bond. So let me tell you. Can I tell you the ones? Absolutely not. Okay. Kevin Kruger, no way. Kevin, if you're listening – I, I hope you do well this year, but you've been very mean to me sometimes. Somewhat a, surly. Shut up. I, this I, I, the halftime sideline interview. I, I feel like sometimes, look, man, like I, my job is just to ask you some questions. I don't think you can judge uh, in-game <laughs> mood of how they're going to be at at the cookout. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. But you know what? He scared me a little bit. Kind of, kind of gave me some 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 rough looks and some rough answers. So you know what, Kevin? Sorry, you knocked you out. There was the a, there was a couple of magic moments last year. Where uh, you know, well, I'm sorry, you were unfortunately getting, they weren't they weren't doing well. They were getting at the killed half. on and some it is, back cuts. I'm telling you, man, it is when those coaches come over. Sometimes you're like, wow, this is going to be really interesting. But I would, I would, I mean, I would I do if I were a coach, would I do the halftime interviews? Of course I would. But to be controlled every time and just flip off what's going on, turn the switch off, and yep. then do an interview. I mean, there's going to be times where you're like, oh my god. There, what is JVT going to ask me? There was, you know, there's a couple of times I, they were getting killed. One of the games, I don't know if it's like Southern Miss or whether they're getting killed on some back cuts on the week. And I was just asking him about. It. He's like, "Yep, we are." And I was like, <laughs> "All right, sorry, man. Like, I got to ask. Yeah, at least, hey, you know what? 
He's not here anymore, but I'll say, Marcus Royally slapped me on the back every time when he walked away. You know what I mean? Okay. A nice little pop. Like, all right. All right. So we're friends, okay. I assume. So Kevin Kruger off the list. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was going to be off the list, but I saw him shirtless and hoisting the Lombardi Trophy out on the beach. Seems like he'd be a fun guy. So I'm in. He can dance, too. He's a really good dancer yeah. when we saw him at the – well, okay. Yep, so I'm in. Uh, Becky Hammond, we've already covered that. She scares me. Nope. Uh, Lindy the Rock? Yes. Really? I think we're – well, I think I'm also somewhat – actually, you know what? It's funny. I don't view Kruger this way. I think I'm a little closer to Lindy the Rock's age, too. Like we're within five-ish years. Right. So I think she's like, younger. Yeah, so I, I think I'd, you know, there'd be a bond there, you know, although she's a very good coach and is probably somewhat psychopathic and probably doesn't enjoy things because she's so good at her craft and that's all she does. So maybe there's not going to be something there. And then I will say if Michael Lombardi's wife, Millie, is going to be there at Mick Lombardi's house cooking because I've been to his house before in Ocean City. Ah, I'm in. Name drop. Yeah, I'm pick, in. That drop. Up, pick that up. I think you dropped it. Uh, I put it down there on purpose. <laughs> I wanted you all to know that I watched Andrew Luck's last playoff game in Michael Lombardi's living room in Ocean City, New Jersey. It's a lovely city. Dry city. Shockingly, given the name. So I hope they – well, I meant – you know what I meant. No alcohol. <laughs> I hope they had uh, some suds there. I hope they had a little brewskis. I don't remember. I don't think – I don't remember. I don't think so. I also – but that goes back to what we're talking about. Even if they did, I wouldn't because I just – I don't want to be what we were talking about, like the extreme third wheel. The guy who was invited over and is just like – this guy's like slamming back. <laughs> how many? <laughs> right. How many, how many beers are you going to drink? Yeah. Or you don't have to drink it too fast, too quick, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy, so I wouldn't drink at these events. Just to put that out there. Damon, did that change your mind at all? Well, yeah. After John first said, you know, that we can't imagine what, who the guest would be. Well, yeah, that changes it a lot. I guess if I'm just going to be eating good food, it's Odom. Okay. Yeah, Odom's up there too. With the with, I mean, now he's got he's got a reputation. No. He has put up something in which he has to back. If we go over, I assume we are in like two years, barbecue better be good. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go, well, I think the upset might be Josh McDaniels. Yeah, he doesn't seem fun. I mean, it's, that's just, it's, it's a Belichick football guy. What are you going to do? Whether you're going to get what you're going to get in public. I think I would go with Cassidy. I feel like he's, you know, if it was this summer too, I think he'd still be in a good mood. You know, George McPhee might be there. That would be interesting to watch. Yeah, see him in. So Cassidy. He was on my list. I said, yeah. yeah. And I would be very much a media outsider because I don't cover like the, the regulars do, but I would just kind of pal around. And But I would drink there. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a hockey cookout. I don't know. You know who I am. I'd feel uncomfortable. No, I I have to. I would have to behave at the beats that I cover. I'm, I'm some rogue guy who's coming in to hang out with the Golden Knights and Cassidy maybe, at his cookout. Maybe pregame a little bit before I go over. Okay, you get you don't want to do it. Normal. I would definitely have to do that before I go to Kruger's house because I just got to prepare for the meanness that might come my way. Uh, coming up, more uh, Mountain West Conference football talk. The finale of this season is going to be San Jose State and UNLV, and uh, San Jose State's a really good story. Um, you know, has been building for a while. Really, kind of where that next step where UNLV wants to get, and they're actually getting funded. There's a lot of good talk in this conversation about their new facility at the stadium. So Brent Brennan is on the way. Now back to Cofield and Company from the Mountain West Conference Media Day. Yep, day number two as uh, we had a chance to catch up with a lot of coaches early in the show with a live spot. We were talking to Barry Odom, just uh, had a convo with Eric Harper, the AD here at UNLV. Uh, Brent Brandon coming up here in a second, but let's do another one of our giveaways, our qualifier giveaways. You qualify for four tickets to an Aviators game. You have a shot at winning this week's grand prize in our Lotus Summer Fun. That's eight trips in eight weeks. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Caller seven. Weekly grand prize is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two, 
or you can just take the cash straight up. $3,000, take the trip or take the cash. Call in right now, 364-1100. DeMond will hook you up. Caller 7 is in the running for the grand prize in the Lotus Summer of Fun. So, yeah, caught up with Brent Brennan, a really entertaining guy. Uh, by the way, buddies with former UNLV coach and Marcus Arroyo. We got into that. But, uh, you know, first thing, we start off with the game last year, and I thought it was one of the turning points in the middle of the season for UNLV. Rebels go up with a good record to San Jose. Doug Brumfield gets hurt, and then the Rebels lost their confidence, and the game started rolling the wrong way, and that's where we kick things off. I mean, that's how football uh, can unfold in a game, Coach, where you know a little momentum and a, a team can have a lot of trouble and kind of fall apart. Yeah, you know, that was uh, one of those games where, uh, you know, there was a lot, a, lot of, uh, a lot of hype going into the game, right? And uh, it was, you're right, like I think, you know, early on we had made a couple big plays defensively and then we kind of just got going and, uh, and we're lucky, you know, we played really well and, and, and got it done. Well, you, you also, you knock Brumfield out of the game. Right. And I think mentally a team sometimes will respond yep. to rally behind the backup quarterback. But yep. on short notice, other times, you know, it's hard. Team, it's, it's, it's hard. Tough. Yeah, that, absolutely. And, you know, that was obviously a big play. And then our quarterback played great. And, you know, that part of it. And, yeah. and so once once he got going a little bit, it, you know, it, it did get upside down. But, um, you know, we I had a lot of I have a lot of respect for Coach Arroyo and that staff. I thought they were doing a great job, you know, as I was watching the, the, the program develop, you know. And so. Um, you know, I felt like that game was not a great uh, indication of, of where they were. No. Uh, I'm probably the only guy who was going to ask about Marcus. And, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with him. And um, I thought he deserved more time. I also understand why UNLV made the change. You know, yeah. it's a different AD. Um, first of all, for us, for the media, he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. I'm sure you talked to him just like you always had. Yep. What's going on with him? He's doing great. He's being a dad. He's yeah. chasing his kids around. He's got a two-year-old and a nine-year-old. And... Uh, He's having a great time being a father, and, and it's really cool. It's uh, you know, sometimes when you're a coach, you lose that time at that age. You know, when those kids are young like that, I, I, I missed a lot of that time. You know, and now he's having an opportunity to to be a dad, and which is really really cool. Brent Brennan is with us, uh, head coach of San Jose State. You know, good buddies with Marcus Royal, the former coach at UNLV. Did, had you ever, uh, over the course of your your career, I didn't look at the full resume, but do you ever have a year off? Like this? No. Okay. No. Because you know, I wonder what that does to not only to get some family time, but also yeah. recharge the engines, maybe yeah. travel a little bit. I know some yeah. coaches do that. They'll stop yeah, yeah. in different places. Yeah, yeah. And you get a new perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's a cool thing that, that coaches are. That's one good thing about it is that they get to go talk to other people and maybe learn something new or find something that they want to add or, you know, restructure how they do things. And so um, I think, you know, that would be an incredible learning opportunity you know, for anybody, and I'm sure Marcus has taken advantage of that. Does it say something bad about college football, college sports in general, that, you know, you can go five and seven and then the hook can come? You know what I mean? Like, to me, I think you yeah. need four or five, six years to build a program, but yeah. sometimes with the money at stake, you just don't get the time. No, yeah, I, I think that's the nature of it, and I think everybody that's coaching big-time college football knows that, you know, that that can happen at any time, you know, as hard as that is. But, um, you know, I think... Uh, you know, the best people, and he's one of them, you know, respect the game and do it the right way. And if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. You know, like, Marcus is going to coach again, I'm sure, very soon because he's too good and, you know, something good will happen for him. Which the unpredictability makes it even scarier when your roster can change as much as it is right now each year. I've been asking everyone because I didn't have a – you know, I watched the transfer portal. I know what UNLV did. They turned over a lot of their roster – were you guys pretty stable, or are, you, are we talking 20, 30 new guys in? Uh, no, no, pretty stable. So pretty that's good. stable, yeah. So that part of it's been healthy for us so far. I feel good about, um, 
you know, the players that we brought in and, and, and the guys that, that have chosen to leave. And, and so, like, that's been positive. And I think, um, you know, we have a really good, healthy family vibe on our team right now. And I think that that keeps guys together and keeps guys wanting to stay a part of it. So that's the biggest thing you credit in terms of stability and keeping things together, that it didn't get crazy. I um, mean, like, what else can you point to from a culture standpoint that yeah, guys want to stay around when, when especially... You know, the way it's working out, it just feels like, you know, people are poaching and trying to, you know, pick, especially yeah. a Mountain West Conference program. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the players are the ones who create that. You know, the players are the ones that a good job, like, <laughs> keeping each other accountable and keeping each other close. But I also think, um, you know, I think there needs to be somewhere in the next, you know, cycle, some way to legislate against the tampering and the poaching and the... You know what I mean? Like, I know, but how? That, that's, that's the thing. It's like, well, they do it in the NFL, right? Okay. They, they do it in the NFL, yeah. and there's a reason the NFL is the most popular sport in America, right? Every game is competitive. Every game has a chance. You know, the three and ten team can beat the ten and three team, and uh, you know, and you know, Bill Belichick can't call Patrick right. Mahomes and say, "Come play for <laughs> right, me. Right. I'll pay you an extra ten million dollars." Sure. You know what I mean? So. Um, I'm hoping that somewhere there is some, some uh, I don't know, some legislation that protects the game. Brent Brennan, San Jose State is up on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas, on the scene here at Mountain West Conference, Media Day number two. All right, so the beginning of this year, you guys have been pointing to for years. Um, you know, I've been up there multiple times, you know, saw the original stadium. It's an old stadium. Then all of a sudden, the one side is just torn yeah, out. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is a big project. Yeah. You're close, right? And this is yeah. the year. Yeah, we're no, we're moving in right yeah, now. Like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, we're moving in right now. I'm sure they'll still be. We're like right up against it. Our team r reports on Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, but um, yeah, we'll be moving in there. Locker rooms, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's incredible. the The building is beautiful. When you see it, you'll be surprised. Like it's just, it looks fantastic, and uh, it's been awesome to see it go up. And you know, it's been being built over the last couple of years and it's really really special for us we've never had anything like that and we are feeling very grateful for all all the people that were involved in getting it done what's the coolest thing about the building and how much input did you have you know in terms of putting some special touches on it so i had a lot of input um you know we all did i think uh the coolest part of the building i would say is probably there is a like big like dining cafeteria area where yeah. we can feed the team and that's become such a huge important thing for us is trying to feed our guys to make sure they're strong and replacing the calories they're burning so i think that that's a really cool part um the there's like a player's lounge which is neat you yeah. know I, I think there's just so many you know my, my favorite thing might be that we actually have a team room currently our team room is 110 folding chairs and and like a and a projector and a screen you right. know like there's not it's not nothing special about that room it's like everybody is sitting in a folding chair. Right. You know what I mean? So people that, take this for granted. Like, yeah, I don't think people realize that, yeah. you know, the haves and the have-nots, like, sometimes you see spectacular stuff with a lot of the big schools. Yeah. At other places, the money hasn't been invested. You guys, you know, finally got it invested. And then the, the cool thing is, I guess it's cool, but it's also a little bit daunting, you're going to open on the road at USC. Yep. Make sure you're competitive in that, maybe win the game, but you got to stay healthy because then you got another good test yep. and you're opening with a facility, with another Pac-12 team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the, you know, those are opportunities our players will be excited about. And you know, we all know how good USC is and how good Oregon State is, right? And so I think it, we're going to know a lot about our first our team after that first five weeks because of it's not just those two teams that we're playing, right? We have Cal Poly, then we, ha we go to Toledo, and then we come back and play Air Force. So 
five weeks in, we're going to know exactly what kind of football team we have, which is exciting and, like you said, daunting too because they're all really, really good. And so we got to we got to come out the blocks playing good football. What do you think had you connect with Cordero that he chose you guys? I think um, I think for him it was how it felt, and then what our players told him about us. Okay. Um, you know, I think us as a staff, and I think that's what uh, resonated with him was just looking for, you know, a family that, you know, works hard but cares about each other and a coaching staff that was really um, kind of involved and communicative and, uh, you know, just always engaging with our guys. And I, I think that was healthy for, uh, healthy for him, and I think that's why he chose us. He was spectacular at times last year. How does he get better? Well, he's just such a competitive human being. I mean, the guy just loves to play. And so, uh, you know, one of the ways that he's getting better right now is that he's really invested in his body this offseason. He looks great. I've actually had a couple people here talk to me about how how thick he looks. Um, And then on top of that, he also does, uh, you know, he's starting to get more, he's really, really comfortable with the scheme. So he's starting to direct traffic, so to speak, you know, being able to, change protections and take control of, of kind of how we're how we're blocking stuff so that's exciting too and, and to watch him grow in that space and to have the confidence to do it is really really something yeah i don't think people take into account quarterbacks bouncing from school to school that first year and learning a new system hard really really, really hard because you meant the key word is the comfort like yeah. you have to I mean, you don't feel comfortable as a quarterback it's already right. hard enough playing the game but then that's you're right. like you're not going full yeah. speed mentally with the yeah. system yeah yeah and the more comfortable you are the more your talent can show up right just your play with more confidence. And so I think we're going to see that from Shevin. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, his weapons, so Lockhart, you know, showed out pretty well. Um, how does he get better? And then the other guy, um, I was like talking about him during the broadcast because uh, Damazati actually, for me, goes back to Sanchez because I remember Sanchez was all fired up to get him. Yeah. He was a quarterback at the time. And right. He's like, he, you know, I, I don't know if he was going to offer him as a quarterback. I don't remember if he did, but you guys beat him out. Um, I'm guessing he was disappointed. And then last year I see Mazzotti out there yeah. all over the field, yeah. you know, big, fast guy. So yep. the, the weapons are there and yep. they still have a lot of potential. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Dominic Mazzotti is one of those great success stories, you know, of just hard work and, and really investing and, and uh, to watch his development has been so fun. You know, he got hurt, I think, the week after your game. And, uh, and so he missed a big chunk of the season. So we're excited to get him back. Uh, but he is, a, he is a big athletic kid. He's become a good blocker. He's really done a nice job becoming a really good tight end in this league. And then Justin Lockhart and, and uh, that, you know, that group is going to be a lot of fun. Charles Ross, Nick Nash. Like, I'm excited to see what that group can do. And I think they're excited, too. And there's a lot of work to be done there. But um, they, that confidence with Shevin is growing with that offensive skill group. Yeah. That tight end group, you know, uh, that receiver group and that running back group it was kind of fun. Yeah, if I were scouting you guys, I'd be afraid of Nick Nash just because of the X factor. Yeah. Uh, factor. Because watching him play quarterback, I mean, you could see just how freaking athletic it was. I mean, right. speed, you know, strong guy. Yeah. See, I'm sure you can use him a lot of different ways. Yep, absolutely. And that, and he needs to be that for us, right? He needs, he needs to be a guy that we can throw a 60-yard deep ball to, and he needs to be a guy that we can hand it to, and he throws the 60-yard deep ball, you know? So... It's going to be a lot of fun to talk Talking uh, San Jose State football. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, Brent Brandon's here. Last couple questions. Um, so veterans and building around those guys, that's a big deal. I think, in my opinion, you built the program to a point where you guys are consistently over 500 making bowl games on the backs of 
some of your defensive players because they were there the whole time oh, yeah. in Fajoko yeah. and Kate Hall. Hall. Yeah. So this is yeah. this is kind of the mark and Harmon too. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of the mark of hey, is this program ready to go and just make that transition? So how do you feel about that? And I, I want you to talk about those guys. By the way, Hall's not going to play football. No, no, he's not. He's uh, he got married in, in uh, April. Had a beautiful wedding down in Morgan Hill. He's very happy. He's like. Kate is a very thoughtful human being. Like he, this is a well thought out thing by him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he came and met with me the week before we played Hawaii and he sat down. He's like, I need to talk to you. And he said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm after the bowl game, I'm going to retire from football. And he's just very, very uh, honest and, and, uh, thought long and hard about it, and he's excited about starting life as a so crazy, a husband. That's so yeah. unique, yeah. And he comes from a football family. His dad play in the NFL. That's right, yeah. No, but he's he's doing great. I mean, Cade Hall is one of the best human beings I have ever been around, and uh, and and you're right. He, he and Fehoko and Kyle Harmon, they made a lot of plays, and so yeah, we're definitely going to miss that production, and uh, I'm hoping we can get it from some other places. So we started off the convo mentioning Marcus Arroyo. You know Marcus. You knew UNLV program probably pretty well what they were going to do. Okay, now you got a new coaching staff. Yep. Odom's a defensive guy. Yep. They're coming in with a three-three-five. I don't want to give away the secrets, but three-three-five. By the sure. time we play them, there'll be no secrets. <laughs> was, it's, it's the last I'm game sure, of the season. I'm sure you already know that that uh, they were going to come in with a three-three-five. Um, what do you expect? Because then again, if Brumfield is healthy, that's going to be the end of the season. You know, yep. that's a dynamic guy. Um, you know, it could be a, it could be a very meaningful game at the end of the year here. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Coach Odom's a fantastic football coach, and he's going to do he's going to do a great job here. I think that's that's easy to, to project. And so, what, how is it going to look compared to last year? I don't know. You know, the good news is I don't have to worry about it right. week one. I got to <laughs> yeah. worry about it week. You're like, don't ask week me to scout. <laughs> week twelve. Weeks from now. Yeah, you know. Uh, but um, but I think that they've done some really good stuff in the in the in the transition with some personnel and, and, and doing some of the transfer portal stuff, and and so I think that that's going to be something that's going to be fun to watch. And I think. Um, I'm always interested in people that are coaching at programs that have some similar history to ours. I find that you know interesting to see how it goes, what they do, mm-hmm. what they didn't do, um, or and sometimes even talking to them about it, like, hey, what are you doing with this? How are you handling that? Um, so I'll always have my eyes on this program. You uh, you start early, right? You, the yeah. camp must start here in like a week, right? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. get ready for our, our first 26th. our first practice is uh, is Wednesday. Hello. Next, next Wednesday. Fired yeah. up. Can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> awesome, man. Like, yeah, we're moving the building. You know, players report on Tuesday, so we got a lot going on, but it's, it's a great time of year. Good deal. Great yeah. conversation as always, and we'll see you uh, for the final game of the season. I look forward to it. Thank you. Spartans head coach Brent Brennan. Very exciting times there. I'm good, uh, or I'm glad to see that they finally got everything uh, funded, at least to a certain level, because mm-hmm. that's an old stadium. I love that stadium in San Jose, but they have a big build-out on one side of the stadium and a football facility, and, you know, he was just fired up. He's like, yeah, our meeting room was just a big room with metal chairs. He's like, now we have a, a real meeting room. How cool is that? And it's, you know, those basics don't sound like a big deal to a lot of people listening. But, you know, when you're trying to recruit kids and then you bring them in to your facilities and you're like, well, okay, what is this? This is like my high school. I might, in a lot of cases, it might be worse. I was going to say, actually, the, the COVID year where they came out here when training in ballrooms might have been a better setup. <laughs> That's a good point. Instead of that. By the way, for all my media brethren, I'm going to stick up for them. Eh, tell Brendan, let's, let's, get a, let's get an elevator installed in that arena. Oh, the stadium? Yeah. I didn't really I don't think love. that's going to happen, but man, that it is an old 1923. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to work out there. I did not really love, you know, taking that massive box <laughs> on my back and walking it up the it's, stairs. It's tough. It's tough. On the way back, I do want to close out with that story about Kate Hall cuz I find that amazing, you know, a guy who's NFL bound and he's like, "Yeah, I just I don't want to play football anymore. I'm done." 
Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Yeah, we always love talking about uh, different generations because John's a little bit younger, right? And you always hear the the kids these days, and then of course the folks younger than you just get brutalized. Millennials have just been uh, t- overtaken by them. just the hammering of Gen Zs and how awful they are, and they have no work ethic, and they won't stick with a job. And the the whole job thing to me is fascinating. Right? I forgot I was talking to a couple weeks ago on the air, and I'm like, I have admiration for. Gen Zers and even millennials who don't stick with jobs and jump from job to job or will move at the drop of a hat. Like my generation and older, I think we're afraid to do that. They would just stick and you know with a job that just sucked and it's like, hey, what can I do? Like again, kids these days are different. The the Cade Hall thing blows me away at San Jose State. Cade Hall was an awesome player for San Jose State. Like a, he was he was not a group of five player. He could have played at a power five and been, you know, a, a big star absolutely was going to be a draft pick. 6'4", 280, had the size, had the motor. Yeah. And we just talked to Brent Brennan uh, from San Jose State, and he's like, hey, he decided he didn't want to play pro football. His dad played in the league. Um, I mean, can you imagine having that much talent but maybe just not loving football and going, hey, you know what, I can make a minimum of, you know, say, 20 or $30 million by being a starter or uh, even just a rotational lineman in the National Football League. The upside could be making $100 million plus if he's really good. Mm-hmm. And the kid's just like, I don't like it. I'm going to do something else. Wow. Good for him. I mean, that's absolutely awesome. And you do wonder what the dynamic is because I think a lot of people would think immediately, oh, your dad played. Must be so disappointed. Maybe talk to his dad about it. Maybe he understood what that lifestyle was going to be like. And he was like, man, I just, I just don't want to do that. You know, like it's, it's, life is short. And if you don't want to spend three, either three, four years, I don't know why you're laughing. I just, I don't know. We're getting very philosophical. I like well, when we true. do. I, I mean, don't want to be levitard with our luxury stuff. Well, I mean, this is genuine, though, because I am blown away by it. And you're right. Um, you don't want to look back and go, I didn't want to do that. Why did I do that for five years? Right. And then you, you potentially suffer an injury. You know what I mean? All that kind of, like, it's just, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that somebody would, like, decide, hey, you know what? I do have the potential to do this, but I don't like it. I don't feel like doing it. Good for him. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There are times, man, both you and Damon, with some of the stories you send over, I'm like, okay, this is a good one. It's interesting. You sent over a story, and it says an Australian dude lost at sea for three months, didn't call for help. Yeah. So he was was lost at sea. He sailed out uh, somewhere from Mexico and got stuck in a storm, got pushed out. He was lost at sea for about three months, and he wouldn't call for help. But he wasn't out of contact. No, he was texting his family. So he was just eating. He survived on raw fish with him and his dog. And for three months, he just felt, according to the interview that he told, uh, I think it was today, he didn't think that he, he said there are protocols in place for calling like May Day, yeah. and he didn't think he met the protocols. Get out of here. He in didn't other feel words, like he was at, at enough risk to get help. In other words, this dude did not want to go home. But he is still alive. Yeah, he's just like, oh, they, they made him. it. He's yeah, running yeah. from something. Yeah, no, he's either running for something tomorrow or he just he just does not like his, like, he's just like, screw this. Like, this is but a he, great but, excuse. But what, what, is, what is the screw this? He Life. It, he t- the he debt that he's collected. You think, you think <laughs> someone's going to break his I leg? I mean, hopefully he doesn't have a big debt because he was on the Today Show, Demond, so he's not exactly hiding now no. that he's back. So he wanted to give up, and then he was like, damn it, I got saved. He said he was entertaining the idea. Of calling for help. It's been three months. 
What would what would our uh, cohort who's on the show, and he's going to be back tomorrow, Adam Hill, do? Oh, he wouldn't call. Why? Uh, I don't want anybody to go out of their way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, that, that would be the attitude. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to inconvenience someone. Not I don't meet protocols, but like, uh, you know, if I make it, I make it. But I, I don't want to bother anyone. Him and Lucy. Like, it's their job. <laughs> call the Coast Guard. Well, it wouldn't be the Coast Guard in that case. Maybe it would. Damon, great job. Appreciate it. Thanks to all the coaches who came on, players. Thanks to UNLV for extended time. And thanks to Circa and Mount West Conference. Really good set of media days down here.